Hello and welcome to Hustlers for a Cause, the podcast for growth-oriented entrepreneurs and executives who aspire to create positive change in the world. Are you in business for more than just profit? Then like and subscribe today and join our channel to become a hustler for a cause. Hello and welcome to Hustlers for a Cause. Today, we're honored to have special guest, Dr. Ian Brooks. Dr. B is the founder of Roadsmith Consulting and author of Intention, Building Capabilities to Transform Your Story. He's led both people and organizations through the process of intentional transformation for over 24 years, working with an impressive list of clients that include Netflix, Guitar Center, Nike, Warner Brothers, Sony, and more. Dr. B or Ian, so great to have you here today. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, John, definitely a pleasure to be here tonight. Definitely, especially after trying to get things recorded and started a few times here. Just amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, but that's what transition's all about, right? Heck, we know what we're supposed to do. Sometimes it doesn't go our way, but heck, we make it work. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So for those of you guys listening in, yeah, we just had like a whole host of things happen trying to get ourselves started here. So, you know, it's awesome. It actually makes you think of a question, right? So this is probably totally unrelated, but like, you know, I have a baby at home. We're all working at home now. And we have this transition that happens to us every day as we switch from being in work mode to being in life and the rest of our lives, right? And we fight that transition every day. And it's so easy to just go from one to the other and have these things like fall into each other. Any advice you give to everybody? Just like, how do you do that effectively? And anything that you've learned kind of walking through this journey too? Yeah, I have. And over the last two years, I've had a chance to work with a number of people who maybe not have newborn similar to yourself, but definitely how do you balance that work and life, both in who I'm coaching, but even help even my own team. One of the things that I find to be effective, even just for myself, is, is really being, number one, intentional about how I'm transitioning. We're stuck in our homes and we're going from you know one activity to the next of life to work to a Zoom meeting, to cooking, to going back to a Zoom meeting, to dealing with kids. There is no easy transition behind that, right? We're tripping all over things in our world. And so because of that, because there's that just that natural meld, one of the things that I had to learn early for myself and what I actually have done is before transitioning to something else, let me just take a moment to pause. <laughs> now, let me just stop for a second. Let me just get my bearings on what is it that I need to do in this very moment? Because that moment is different than two moments ago. A baby crying moment. Obviously, you don't necessarily have that moment to pause sometimes, right? It, but sometimes we just have to respond to that moment, but also giving ourselves that grace of moving into that next activity. So those are the two things that I've really taken away. One, in the instances where I can, just give myself a chance to pause and just collect myself on what is it necessary for me to do right here now. And the second piece is because we don't necessarily have that window of opportunity, just things get thrown onto our laps. It's while I'm in that moment and I consciously catch myself not being present, how do I now bring myself back to being present and then say, okay, now let's get into the moment of where I'm supposed to be. Both of those activities, again, I use the word very intentionally, and that is being conscious. Oftentimes we're running on autopilot. We're just like, okay, let me do this. I'm going to do this, do this, do this, do this. And it's like, okay, I'm just responding and more importantly, reacting. And those are our oh shit moments. That's when we forget to do things. That's when we're tripping over things. That's when we're not present, doing one thing, but thinking about the last thing we left. And then we go to the thing we left 
now we're thinking about the thing we just left. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So definitely offering our chance to just pause when we can collect ourselves and then move forward. Or when we're in that moment, catching ourselves consciously and just settling down and saying, what do I need to do in this very moment? I can always go back. I find myself to be a little bit more productive and actually authentic and present to where I need to be in that moment. Definitely. This one coach that I was working with and she had this amazing quote, and I don't know if it was hers or not, but just like, nothing happens next, everything happens now, right? Yeah. So like, mm -hmm. it's great that there's all these things that are happening, but you can only do one at a time, right? So be in this moment now, and don't worry about all those other things. Just worry about what's the most important thing at this moment and be present for that. Absolutely. And I agree. And I even talk about it in, the, in my book, Intention, and even how I build out and ask my clients and even the readers to actually embark upon their journey. Because when we start going down a path of an action, we're going to be derailed all the time. Yep. And we're going to be thinking about so many different things. And that's so draining when we have to think about all the things that need to happen just to do and achieve what we believe we need to achieve. And as such, that creates a level of noise that is sometimes deflating. And so in that respect, no different than our day-to-day -day lives of going from you know, doing work to dealing with children, to dealing with food, to dealing with our spouses and oh yeah, dealing with ourselves and then going back to work again. There's so many opportunities for that noise and giving ourselves that opportunity just to kind of settle for a second and just being present as hard as it is, that will author in a different perspective and energy and allow us to actually meet the needs of others as well as ourselves. Uh, what yeah. we're trying to achieve. The power of reflection and the power of presence Mm -hmm. are so important and so key. But I think the easiest challenge people will give up when they can't get there is they feel like they're overwhelmed, right? They have too yes. many things going on and mm -hmm. they don't even recognize or find the conscious, like it becomes subconscious, right? They're stuck in subconscious. They can't mm -hmm. find their way to conscious into that moment to hang on to it and to take a break. So I guess in, in those two moments, one of just you're stuck in subconscious. Is there a way to find consciousness? Two, if you're in overwhelm, is there a way to not feel the regret of being stuck in overwhelm to find your way into that conscious moment? Yeah, there are. And, and it's a great point that you bring up around being stuck in our subconscious and then just reacting. I talk about this also in the book and even talk about it to my clients. And that is, you know, we make between 2,000 and 10,000 decisions each day. And 95% of those decisions and our reactions to those are unconscious. So that just tells us that we're running on autopilot <laughs> much of our lives, <laughs> right? And that's because we've created efficiency, right? It's been done because we don't really need to think about how we tie our shoes. We just tie our shoes because we learned it once. Great. Got it. Shoelaces are shoelaces. <laughs> and how they're, you know, rolled up is a little bit different per shoe. However, still the tying of the shoe is still tying of the shoe. But when we're in those moments, when we find ourselves just running on autopilot, we have to now bring ourselves to a consciousness that's saying, you know what, I'm not paying attention. I'm now driving to a new place and driving to a new office. I'm tying a different type of shoe. And now I'm conscious about that. It's raising that level of awareness. And so what I oftentimes talk about, and I even alluded to it at the very beginning of our call, and that is just pause, process and reflect. We don't often give ourselves that opportunity just to stop because we think we also have to constantly go. Even the nature of your podcast is called Hustle Without a Cause. It's a function of hustling, right? If you're constantly doing, constantly doing, constantly doing, we can't build a business off of hustling because that means we're hustling all the time. 
<laughs> no different can we actually change and be the person that we need to be by constantly hustling because we're always in that grind. We now need to be conscious and just raise that. So when I'm talking to my clients and I'm even talking to myself, it's about saying, where am I at right now? What's the most important thing that I can do right now? How is it that I need to be thinking? And let me check in with my feelings, which is a key point of what you just described earlier, is that sometimes we just like, I got to do, I got to do, and they get, just become overwhelmed. And thus we get paralyzed by that feeling of knowing what should happen. In particular, I was dealing with and working with a woman who did say she was overwhelmed, but she knew that she was consciously overwhelmed when she came to me. She was going to retire from 25 years of, of working at this wonderful job. She was a counselor and she had her own counseling business, another side business of starting a, a new website and, and platform with she and her husband and different family members across the country. Oh, and by the way, she wanted to be retired. <laughs> and with that said, she didn't know how to step away from being overwhelmed because she didn't realize how to let go. She didn't have trust. And I say that even though she was looking at it in the context of far out, what I actually asked her to do was look at her weeks and how she became overwhelmed and where could she let go? Planning ahead, because when we're overwhelmed, when we are anxious, when we're unconscious, guess what? We're already in the moment. We've already passed to go, <laughs> right? We've already passed it. So part of it is what is in my week or in my day that's going to potentially create that overwhelm? And how can I manage that from a future perspective? Now, that being said, yeah. sometimes we just get caught, right? <laughs> no different than this woman. She got caught all the time of being overwhelmed because she just got caught in her own routines, caught in her own feelings and caught in that, that, th those moments. In those moments, I asked her, one, acknowledge it, which is the very first step. The second is there's no need to beat yourself up around it either because it's true. <laughs> right? We're now asking you to change your routine. We're now asking you to change the way that you're thinking. I'm not asking you to change the way that you feel because how you feel is how you feel. <laughs> right? That takes a little bit longer term, but acknowledge that. With that, give yourself the choice on what you want to do at that moment. Giving yourself that choice of this is the most important thing I need to do. And with that most important thing, is this the right level of energy I need to be applying to it? Yeah, because everything's not 100%. No different than me tying my shoe. Either you do or you don't. <laughs> There's no 50% mm -hmm. in that <laughs> kind of scenario. But when we find ourselves in that unconscious place, just acknowledge that. Bring ourselves up to that present place. And at that moment, we can then begin to start to take some level of action and move forward. I love that idea of thinking about what's causing the overwhelm, right? Because mm -hmm. while you can't necessarily change it right away, if you can become conscious of what are the causes of the, you know, overwhelming triggers in your life, then you can, you know, systematically go after each one and absolutely that change. That's amazing. So we don't go too far, of course. I'd love yeah. to jump into the talking about intention and living our lives with intention. I mean, that's your core focus, right? Yes. And so like in the book, you describe intention as this, and I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit and I'll probably sure. destroy it a little bit, but I'll try not to. So it's the state of mind with which an act is done. It provides a priority of wants and needs the flexibility to meet changes in your environment. Mm -hmm. Right. So tell me, what does intention mean to you? And why is it so important that we live life with intention? 
Yeah, it's extremely important to me, especially as we're thinking about, again, going back to your podcast name, Hustler Without a Cause. Let me correct you on that. So it's Hustlers for a Cause. Oh, Hustlers for a Cause. I'm sorry, without a cause. Well, hey, like, yeah, I'm like, without a cause. Well, hey, we're going to get to that cause then. Hustlers for a Cause. Yeah. So it's really about this idea, right? That like, there are so many entrepreneurs, even you, right? Like, I know we didn't get a chance to go too much into the backstory, right? But like, if you think about it, at the end of the day, the entrepreneurs that really make it and that really make an impact, they're not starting out trying to make money. They're starting yeah. out trying to solve a big problem. Mm-hmm. And that problem is what consumes them and drives success, right? And so Absolutely. this is a podcast for those like startup founders that have, you know, some have found that purpose and some haven't yet, mm-hmm. right? My starting my business was founded on a passion of what am I solving for? And it really is what was born and what caused me to even write the book intention, recognizing that going back to your now broader question that you asked previously, and that is intention to me is around purpose. It's about acknowledging and being conscious of the actions that we're taking to move forward. It's around creating consistency of our behaviors, not of an achievement of a title or, or money or sales or losing 10 pounds or that's just a milestone on the journey of our purpose. As you mentioned, it came down to what are you passionate about? But as important to that passion, intention is a very personal word. It is something that you go and embark upon your own journey. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have, you know, co-characters within your, that journey of significant others, children, family members, friends who go along with us on that path. But our intention is a personal choice of what are we aligned to? And we are reminded of that through our actions. We're actually reminded of that, of the, even the environment that surround us, be it our people, places, and things. Intention for me is the reason why we get up in the morning. And that is to be purposeful because we only have one life to live. Let's make the most of it. But it takes that true cause, that true want that true belief, that true intention. And so in that respect, intention is a extremely important aspect of what I truly believe to be true in any change or anyone's life, as well as the reason why I set the cover of my book. So you also talk in the book about the concept of like purposeful evolution and you bring up like your career, right? As like a Mm -hmm. point of that, like going through from one job to the next, always looking at this job for what it's going to bring me for the next job and moving forward. Right. But there's people out there that sometimes like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have progressive growth always. And then there's some that have had it and they fall off the track or Mm -hmm. that didn't have it and didn't realize it. And now they're becoming aware of it. Right. What do you say to those people? How do they become aware of it? And if they didn't have that purposeful evolution before, is that key to being able to write their story now or do they go back and rewrite their story? What, how does that work? Yeah, in that respect, very loaded question and a lot of three different yeah, scenarios of <laughs> what you provided, which are, which are great, actually. Because as I think about intention and as you alluded to of what I described in the book, you know, my personal journey was specifically around two-year internships for the jobs, just learning around what I wanted, knowing that my current job was not going to be my last, knowing my next one was not going to be my end of my future. That was just the way I thought, treating each job as though it's a class, <laughs> less about this is my life. So in that respect, and as I work with my own clients and working around their own intentions, 
We cannot go back and rewrite our own stories. Yep. Those are there. What we can do is acknowledge what those stories have presented us, acknowledging what we now have a choice to do here in this very moment to rewrite our own script. Because we are the author, the characters, set creators of everything that we want to create moving forward. Moving forward is not promised. It's just an acknowledgement that it's a possibility. But we're actually building our behaviors right here in this moment. So for those who are looking to actually start their intentions, it can start in this very moment. We don't have to go backwards to rewrite because guess what? You can't. <laughs> no different than we can rewrite the future because we can't. We can only rewrite right now. So in that respect, so for those who haven't started with intention and find themselves and they look up and say, oh, poop, I'm not where I want to be, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like how in the world did I get here? Oh, I'm, I'm sure there was purposeful. I'm sure there was some decision-making. <laughs> but if this is not where you want to be, now is the time to take stock in what it is that you want to do. Yep. Now let's rediscover and, and evolve your own story by what is now your priority? What is it that you want to do? What is it that you see yourself achieving? Also important, as we talked a little bit about the emotional side is why are you unhappy? And this digs deeper into not just an end result of, I want a bigger house, new car, new family. <laughs> I want to trade them in. <laughs> I want to trade in this job to something else, et cetera. This takes now a framework of in a place where we're not having to react to something for survival. We're now able to respond in a place of growth and expansion. In that, we're now asking in that very, very first part of the book, it's around discovery, around what is it that you want to prioritize and now what is it that you want to achieve and what is that reason and what's your reason for that and let's peel that back for those who are already on the journey it's now checking and adjusting is this where i needed to need to be as example my 24 year journey around two year job experiences one of the things that i always took away was what is it that i'm supposed to learn in this path what is it that i'm supposed to experience it's kind of like uh, dorothy and the wizard of oz right? Dorothy's goal was always just to get back to Kansas. Regardless of how she got there, she just wanted to get back to Kansas. Lo and behold, a nice witch told her that she had to follow the yellow brick road to talk to the man known as the wizard. And he just happened to be in Oz. Very simple, easy story. Her path, or better yet, her plan was actually just to take that yellow brick road and go to Oz and get back to Kansas, period. But her path was that she had to meet, you know, Scarecrow, Tin Man, mm -hmm. Cowardly Lion. She didn't know she was going to have to fight the Wicked Witch, right? All told yep. to get back to Kansas. We find ourselves oftentimes have a plan, but yet we're stuck on a path that, okay, poop, I'm not prepared for her, and now I'm navigating in different ways. Here, for those individuals when I'm coaching them, because a lot of my clients quite often are already successful, they're already doing very well. It's now adjusting their behaviors, recognizing that what made them successful yesterday is not necessarily going to make them successful today. Acknowledging that we can be able to let go of who we once were in order for us to be able to move forward to who we want to be and become. And that can start now. That also builds itself to trusting ourselves and being vulnerable outside of the areas of which we have historically found success. Being uncomfortable, being vulnerable, going down our own yellow brick road, while also acknowledging you still have a plan, no different than Dorothy. You're going to experience and now be able to trust yourself down that path. That is being intentional. But in being intentional doesn't, as hopefully you're also gathering here as well, is being intentional doesn't mean you know it all. It doesn't mean we know how we're going to respond. It doesn't mean that there aren't pitfalls. It does mean, as I talk about in the book as well, is that we're building the capabilities to navigate 
and to adjust. And for my clients and for those who are already successful and who are looking now to expand, being intentional is now how do you expand and being uncomfortable, recognizing the box that mm-hmm. has made you successful now isn't necessarily the box that you want to be in moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually the key point I was driving towards, right? Is that if you think about it, you know, whether you're starting out or whether you're stuck or whether you're successful and now you're trying to get to the next place, right? Like I worked with one client, you know, he helps agencies grow from 1 million to 5 million in revenue, right? And for him, like it's the same thing. His clients are these agency owners that get to a certain point and they get stuck and they need Mm -hmm. to re-envision themselves and re-envision what their role is and what they're doing because the reason Mm -hmm. they're stuck is because of what, you know, what their current attitude and mindset and what their responsibilities look like, right? Yeah. So in your eyes and in your book, you even kind of make reference to it, right? Like it's not about making like a single change, right? At the end of the day. So let's talk about like adaptability and mindset because you touched on mindset, which is great. What is it like most people kind of go through day to day and think like, I'm going to, you know, this is working, this is not working. I'm going to make this one change. And now I'm going to keep going, right? So how do you get to this new place and this new intentionality? And especially as that intentionality involves, right? So say you're already successful and you're moving over to that mm-hmm. next hurdle. How does that happen? Yeah, it's um, one of the first things is I ask people to take a look at their patterns and their routines. What is it that if they weren't to change anything, what are those patterns? What are they comfortable with? What is already successful? And what's now transferable over to what they now want to achieve? Oftentimes, we find ourselves down paths that we have created niches for ourselves. We feel pigeonholed down what we believe we can do versus building capabilities that are transferable across many situations. And so from a business owner standpoint, that's extremely important that, yes, our clients are our clients. But the role that we play for our clients has to evolve. Like I know for me, one of the biggest things I struggled with as a business owner is how do I now take myself as the professional coach and author and the the one that people are hiring to now saying, I just can't be there for you because now I'm going to burn myself out. (laughs) So now how do I build for scale in that respect? And now we're looking at process. And because of that, and I'll go to a quote from Niccolo Machiavelli in his book called The Prince. And it is, He who does not build his foundations beforehand may by great ability do so afterwards, but with great trouble to the architect and danger to the building. And the one reason I love that quote is that what we're actually doing and actually asking people to expand is that, do you have the right foundation for that said expansion? Now it could come in financially, it could come in from a support standpoint, it can come in emotionally, it can come in directionally, it can come in your friends. There's a number of ways that support in which comes into play, but your foundation is your foundation. And does it lend itself to moving forward? So I'm asking my clients from a pattern standpoint, what are you anchoring on? What is your foundation? And is that transferable across the different areas? If that isn't it, and you're not willing to let go or or establish a new foundation, let's recognize that just like that architect, it's going to be danger. Could you do it? Sure. You have that capability and ability. That's not a question. It's just going to be a lot harder, but it's also danger to that building because it could come tumbling down and that's going to be even that much more daunting, that much more fearful for you as you go about that journey. Yeah, definitely. I see that even as like an engineer building, you know, software, you see this kind of thing all the time where you build something that kind of was built without intent. You're moving to become more intentional. And can you build on that same? It's actually like the concept's called tech debt, right? You know, you have all this like debt that just exists because of the way you were before and, you know, the way you're changing. So That's a really good transition point to think about organizational then. So intentionality, and in your book, you focus on it at a personal level. 
but yeah. it also can be at an organization level too, right? So absolutely, I'd love to ask before we go into how you do do it, are there symptoms that an organization might exhibit that might tell that organization's owner or leadership team like that they may not be leading with intention? And if so, like, you know, how do you identify what those common, you know, issues may be? Yeah, there's definitely symptoms that you begin to see just across the board. And I think the last two years have really exhibited that. And even most recently, as we think about the great resignation, so to speak, of individuals, that necessarily isn't the system. That's just a back-end result of what people are actually experiencing. Most of the time when I'm coming in and working with organizations, I am looking for what are not only the presenting problem, but what are the true areas of concern? More specifically, I'm taking stock in one, their employee survey results, and not just one set of results, but what does that mean over time? And taking stock in what happened during that time period. So if you had a number of layoffs, COVID hit, et cetera, those are types of informational points of awareness for me around a group of people, as well as that particular individual in their leadership style. In addition to that, I'm also looking to see what level of accountability they take themselves. Often as I'm thinking and working with leaders, I'm actually asking them to change their behavior. Yet, oftentimes, what are leaders expected to do? They're brought in from a strategic level. Their change is on a PowerPoint, Excel file, the variation of stock options and ROI, where we actually have people staffed, moving boxes on that spreadsheet. That's a lot different ask and skill set than what I'm asking, expecting and asking of them. More importantly, what their employees are asking. As such, those are the signs that I'm looking for coming into an organization as I'm working with a leader. Because guess what? I've yet to meet a leader who just wanted to be an asshole. <laughs> right? <laughs> I just haven't. Yep. I, I just, now, that doesn't mean everyone's the nicest person to work with. <laughs> it doesn't mean they're not a challenge. <laughs> but I have yet to meet anyone who's an asshole. Now, that being said, what I am asking them to do, I'm putting a challenge to that principle of them as an individual, mm-hmm. because everything that they're actually working on strategically is not about them as individuals. That's a periphery of influence, stakeholder engagement. How well do I communicate? How mm-hmm. well do I get buy-in? Those are things that I can move. But yet when I'm actually talking at the core of who I am, the things that actually made me successful in the behaviors, that's where you start to get the fear. So I capture that along with the what the employees are saying. I'm capturing that on what is the reason that they even brought me in there to begin with, maybe on a 360 degree feedback mm-hmm. perspective. And now we come up with a plan on what are you willing to do, knowing and hearing this? Because guess what? That's where the change first started is that awareness. And now what is your choice in doing something different? And so that's how I step into organizations and work with them there. And so as far as like what it means to lead for an organization to lead with intention, what does that look like when an organization is being intentional? Yes, that's one of the bigger and harder things to, to actually do. And that is, and in particular, I'll say what's hard about it is the the positive behaviors and the modeling of what the expectations should be, specifically on how they're actually impacting their employees. What organizations historically are very good at is being intentional about where their focus is. It's around the bottom line. Their intention is around stakeholder value. It's around customers. Our employees aren't necessarily that forefront, although you'll hear the montage, our employees are the greatest asset. Well, if anything, that great resignation has demonstrated that probably isn't the case across a good number of organizations across the globe. But for a company to lead with intention, specifically behaviors, it's about putting to the forefront of what those behaviors mean and look like. So let's get real specific here for a moment around the leaders I'm working with. It's around how do you build two-way dialogue? How do you build trust? And what does that mean and look like? 
What does that seem in a day-to-day meeting? Meeting. What does it seem if I'm not even paying attention? What does that look like? How do your employees move around the office? How do you move around the office? Transparency, another key area that employees want to see that aren't necessarily as strong in a lot of organizations. How do I create transparency of myself, of decisions, of buy-in? What does that mean and look like? And that's going to be the theme around each one of the behaviors and capabilities that we're talking about is how do I demonstrate this individually? How do I demonstrate this if I'm not looking? How would they know if they're not even paying attention and they're experiencing it? And the common themes are around communication, transparency, engagement, personal growth, accountability. How do I now manage towards life being the priority and not work? And how do you balance that versus balancing work just to fit into your life? Those are different skill sets that leaders aren't necessarily tasked or rewarded for. And that's the last part. How are we driving towards performance? What are we really rewarding? And how do we demonstrate that? Not as a cursory benefit, but truly that is what is leading in the conversation and discussion. And that's when you start to change, start changing the culture. That's when you start changing and building integration into the accountability from a leadership perspective all the way down. Definitely. Yeah. So like leading by example and Mm -hmm. living those values and then helping to build a culture around you that builds in that same manner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's extremely hard. So it's it's also just not around the, the leaders. It's also the employees. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Everyone has to buy in. Yep. Yeah. Buy in. And they actually have to enact those same behaviors as well. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we put that accountability down at the feet of the, the leaders. They're the ones who have to do this. Part of that is yes, because they're going to reinforce that, reinforce those expectations. But as an employee, if you're not bought in, if you're not actually doing it yourself, then there's a whole nother level and set of issues that, that are there. And potentially it may not be the right organization for you. And now you're just chasing a job and a title or the, mm-hmm. the shingle that's out front because you just want to be at the organization, realizing that maybe it's just not the right fit in that respect. And that's okay too. So yeah, there's definitely. that accountability on the employee side as well. Yeah, absolutely. Really well said. So one of the organizations I know you worked with in the past was Netflix, right? Is that yeah. something, is that a story you can share? I guess, you know, thinking about the tech sector and, you know, what we're talking about, is that what happened there and how did you work with them? Yeah. So, you know, I do quite a bit of work with other technology companies or technology implementations, but specifically at Netflix, the group that I was working with was the animation team. And in particular, a new leader who had just taken over a team in the middle of of an animation project that was about to go live. I guess now it should be live, but they were finished back late last year. But he was taking over a new team. And the previous leader of that team was, let's just say that he was removed from his position and was no longer working on the project. And as such, this gentleman was now going from an individual contributor to now being the leader of that team. And as such, he had to change the way that he was operating. One, being a manager. Secondly, even his natural tendency. So more specifically, one of his biggest challenges was, number one, getting buy-in from his team. Not everyone was in agreement that he should have been the actual leader of that team. And while there was a lot of great things said about this individual, not everyone was bought in to say, okay, that, that person should have been selected. And as such, you know, there was some engagement that was required of getting buy-in and making sure that others felt heard. The second part that was a challenge was he was very shy. Self-proclaimed introvert, one of the nicest people that you'll ever meet, who also one of the quietest. <laughs> that was just his natural demeanor. A wonderful artist, a wonderful animation individual who could navigate a number of different areas specifically to that skill. But yet that didn't feed into his natural tendency of being an introvert and not saying anything in meetings. 
So one of his biggest challenges was actually going in meetings and actually saying and speaking and not deferring too, too much to his team so that he was seen as well as heard. That also took some finesse because you didn't want to overstep his team while also acknowledging that he needed to be seen as the leader and actually sharing his perspective, coming in as an aligned group while also saying, you know what, here's some things that we can potentially do differently and being comfortable with that, knowing that we're creating art, we're not creating science. Art, there's creativity. We can go outside the lines. We can do a lot of different things and that's okay because we have to fit it into your style. For him, it was how do we create that level of extroversion for him, as well as gain buy-in both of his, his team, as well as his now new peers who were previous managers, so that he felt as a trusted advisor. And so over the course of those, what, six months, he really took steps every single week to number one, identify actions, and one, meetings that he would be in. Secondly, we'd identify actions that he'd be taking aligned to those specific goals and specific individuals of whom he'd be engaging. The third piece, he would actually go do it. And we'd have a check-in every week to just pause. What did you do well? What didn't you do well? What did you do at all? <laughs> First off, and that's okay if you didn't, but what's the reason? And now let's figure that out. That's a lot different in this technology space where I've worked in a lot of different companies implementing technology, whereby I'm working with leaders in that respect, implement their strategy. So in that capacity, it's really having them now step from behind their computer, as I like to call I need them to be trusted partners and advisors, knowing that typically tech teams and groups are waiting for the next JIRA ticket or that support ticket to come in. And I know the coding, I'm an expert in that coding, but they're not necessarily an expert as having the conversation and understanding what we need to do from a business standpoint. I appreciate the C++ and the coding, but yet the business needs to be able to do something with this information after they get it. That button has a purpose and a reason. And one of the things I've worked with over the last year, well, three and four different projects specifically, this year alone was with technology leaders on how do they create their own engagement and having those, those new conversations? How do they make sure that they feel heard, but also they truly understand what's going on in the business versus waiting for requirements meetings or those tickets to come in? It's now being proactive so that people are tired of seeing you, which would be a first. <laughs> from a technology standpoint <laughs> and that you know the business, not as well as those individuals, because you'll never do that because you don't have to do that job, but you know it enough to be helpful so that it's not a reaction versus a response to, yes, I know what that is supposed to do. I know that it integ integrates in the back end, And now I understand how you're using that. Those are a lot of different coaching experiences versus that technological side versus the other piece of being true leaders of those, some of those soft skills. Definitely. We're coming close on time, but just a yeah. couple other questions I'd love to ask you. Um, sure. So as you look forward now, and you alluded to it a little bit, I'm not sure if it was in the beginning of the podcast or when we were talking before, but what does 22 look like for you? What's the biggest challenge for you that you're trying to solve right now? Yeah. You know, it's a great question. As I think about my own business and my own self, I'm always on the cusp of what is that next thing? What is my growth in that respect? And I think there's two things that I'm looking at it. One, from an individual standpoint. The second is from my business perspective. As a personal level, one of the things that I'm bringing, um, and I've been really working very diligently over this last year to be more visible and owning my voice and being present and being able to share in ways that I necessarily haven't had or potentially allowed myself in, in the past. Because of that, one of the things I'm taking into the next year is now, what are the different modalities and formulas associated with that? In particular, number one, 
creating that visibility outside of podcast and going into how am I showing up on social media? How am I showing up in at conferences now that they're now being opened up? Really exploring now that that interaction that necessarily isn't afforded some of the other modalities of writing a book and just the benefits of having my personal as well as my group coaching courses and offerings. So that's one of the first things I'm going to be working on individually as I think about myself. On the business side, and I touched on it a little bit earlier, and that is how do I continue to build to scale, realizing that I am the commodity, right? As I think about my group coaching, my book, my individual coaching as well, it's an individual journey. And so they're looking for Ian. They're looking for Dr. B. (laughs) And so while that's great, that's also limited on my own time. That's a limit on my own capabilities. That's limited on my own energy. Yep. How can I still offer and afford myself an opportunity to give back in a way that still creates visibility in a way that's authentic to me, while also acknowledging that I now need to build this to scale so that I don't feel burnt out, that I'm not always on that hustle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm hustling for a cause. And at this point, I'd be hustling without a cause <laughs> I didn't really, if, I, if I didn't think that through. And maybe that's my own Freudian slip <laughs> in that respect. Yeah. And it's something that's been top of mind for me. And so one of the things that I've been doing, and I was just recently talking to my significant other about this just this last week, ironically, is, is how am I establishing my days? How am I now able to offer certain scale to my business through different modalities, through different other programs that I maybe haven't thought about? How are other people doing it for scale? Example, Tony Robbins. Right. And people are buying Tony, but they're really not buying Tony. How many people really talk to Tony? Limited few. Right. What are the things I need to be thinking about in that scale for my own growth? Could I stop where I am right now for individually as well as my business? Sure. And I'd be perfectly fine business wise, right? Joy wise. I would not be happy energy wise. I'd be drunk, just worn out. So as I think about 2022, I'm really thinking about scale as a business. And how do I create additional visibility of myself while also managing my time? So those are the two things that I'm actually looking at for 2022. Cool. That's great. As our podcast is all about really like creating impact, right? And moving Mm -hmm. for a cause. I don't mean you talk a chance to talk too much about your cause, but I'd love to know, like, as you look out there and you kind of, to listeners, if there was one thing you'd ask them to do differently after our conversation today, what would that one thing be? Sure, and and I'll end kind of where we started. And that is give more time for reflection. Give some time for your own personal thought and where you're navigating in life. What is your cause? We each have one. It's a personal journey. It's a personal answer that has ripple effects for yourself, your choices, what you're willing to do, and even those around you. But let's be honest. It is a personal cause. As such, give yourself a time to reflect on that. Give yourself the benefit and opportunity to set yourself up for success on a direction that is established with a solid foundation. And that comes with some level of thinking and purpose. Awesome. Where can everyone go to learn more about you and to work with you? Yeah. So I can be found at on all the wonderful social media sites. So on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Dr. B underscore intention. I'm also on LinkedIn as well as Facebook under Ian Brooks. I can also be found at my business website, 
which is rhodessmith.com. That's R-H-O-D-E-S-S-M-I-T-H.com. There they can find this podcast and as well as other leadership pieces I've written as well as talked through, as well as the different offerings for my group and individual coaching as well. And they can also find where to access my book, Intention, Building Capabilities to Transform Your Story on Amazon as well as Barnes & Noble. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Ian. Definitely want to have you come back. There's a ton of other topics that we could talk about and I look forward to talking about with you in the future. Yes, absolutely, Sean. No, definitely appreciate it. Thanks for the conversation today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Hustlers for a Cause. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss a new episode. This helps us keep interviewing incredible individuals and sharing their remarkable stories with you. This episode of Hustlers for a Cause was brought to you by Blabberjacks. If you're an influencer that's creating meaningful change in the world and you're looking for help increasing the reach and distribution of your message, contact Blabberjacks today. See you next time on Hustlers for a Cause. Until then, keep hustling.